Another episode of the Reckless Comedy Podcast. This is season two, episode three. Before we get this episode started, we would like to thank our sponsors, uh, the Top of the Morning Coffee. They are sponsoring this episode and all our open mics. Um, we're still waiting Yay! for them. We're still waiting for them to send us free coffee. If you could do that ASAP, thank you very much. Um, I actually have some in the kitchen. <laughs> I think I have some in the kitchen too, but I think it's reserved for something. My son watches Jacksepticeye, so I order top of the morning yes. coffee. <laughs> no way. Okay. This is Where so great. This is Woo! <laughs> uh, anyway, oh, fuck. Our guest today has just told us that her son watches Jacksepticeye, so she knows about top of the morning coffee. Yay! Oh, we're it's gonna delicious. find out. We're gonna find out a lot about having delicious and nutritious. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you don't even know anything about the coffee company, Ashley. You know what? I am just improving it like I do other shit in my life. So, like, you know, what? I just go with it. <laughs> anyway, anyway, our guest today has probably heard me heard way too much information about my mother's anus over the last few weeks. Oh, hells, Nabels, Loretta. Hells to the yeah. <laughs> Honestly, please, please just give it up for how the hell does she deal with me talking about my mum's anus on a regular basis? It's terrible. Well, you know, it, no, I don't want to go there. <laughs> anyway, okay. So I'm not it. going there. Anyway, our guest is Tara Christian Wigner. Hello, thank you for having me. That was a fucking weird intro, wasn't it? Right? <laughs> it takes like three times to say my name before anyone pays attention anyway, so. Yeah, me and Ashley were saying uh, before I let you in was that your first name, it, it sounds different depending on what accent someone says it. So for British, it's like Tara. Mm -hmm. It's like Tara! And it's like, no, no. It's like, it's either one way or the other. Make well, your mind up. What yeah. would you prefer to be called? Tara or, or Tara? I answer to anything, but the way that my mom always said it, and I figure since she picked it, it must be correct pronunciation, is Tara. So take it the most white well, trash pronunciation. Where's Tara. Your Where's your from? Mama from? Um, well, Southern California, but Bakersfield. Oh, okay. Basically the Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But um, it's great to have you here on the show. Um, so let's talk about Living Room Comedy, which uh, I've done a few of their shows. Always fun, especially because I get to talk about my mum's anus on, on a very <laughs> regular basis. Um, I'm, I, I think I've traumatized you over the last few weeks, probably. A little bit. I think you're traumatized over the therapy you need. Yeah. Well, luckily I am in therapy, so it's like I'm preemptively prepared for Kim's sets. Oh, uh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I bet you, whenever you see my name on the sign-up, it's like, oh, for fuck's sake. I just know that we're going to have the word anus a lot, and it's not a family show, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank God it's not a family show. Right? You would be I ruining mean some children. Now, if, if you were one of those tequila drinking leather pants moms, you know. Who says I'm not? <laughs> that would, this would be the right show for you. 
I mean, the pants ain't leather, but they are skinny jeans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. But anyway, living room comedy. Uh, tell us, tell us the origins of it. How did it come around? Oh, um, pandemic. Just like with <laughs> all other virtual comedy. Um, no, like the pandemic happened at a time where I was already planning to take a break from stage comedy anyway, because I was getting married in April. So it just kind of happened at the perfect time. Oh, wow. When, when I was ready to return, stages weren't a thing yet. So it was like, okay, what am I going to do? And my husband would come home from work and be like, so what'd you do today, honey? And I'm like, well, I tried to make the love seat laugh. Basically, oh, like oh. I was practicing jokes in my living room with no outlet and then i was like zoom mics are a thing i could make a zoom mic and so then i made make the love seat laugh and just had the idea that if i umbrellaed under a company i could then expand something and so living room comedy kind of came with the premise of we're doing comedy in our living rooms but this is my bedroom false advertising sorry <laughs> but we're doing comedy in our living rooms and still able to reach the world so if you notice like our scheduling menu, it's like make the love seat laugh, couch potatoes, futon of youth. They're all named after furniture items. So it's, it's, we created our own little gimmick. It's something that is recognizable. And it turned out that all of our concepts are somewhat original. So it gives us that little niche and we were able to find our space in the scene. I think, I think the way I discovered living room comedy was from that fucking bitch of a wheel that <laughs> Rush she does not know about this wheel okay i'm gonna let tara tara explain about the fucking wheel <laughs> so the wheel as everyone just lovingly refers to the show russian roulette as that came about um it was an accident really i can't take i mean i have to take creative credit because it is my creation but I can't really walk you through how I came up with it. Like it was just one day I went, aha, and then ran a couple test modules and it's evolved into what it is now. But it's a fully original concept riff open game mic. So what it is, oh. is we, you know, people sign up in advance, the participants come and everyone's name is on a wheel that spins and through random magic, it chooses each participant and then each participant gets to spin another wheel that gives them either two to five minutes. So it chooses your random length set and it chooses a random topic. I don't know how Kim always ends up talking about his mom's anus, but it happens. <laughs> like, like tin foil as his topic and be like, oh yeah, that one time my mom cut her anus on tin foil. And I'd be like, I don't know how you did it, but it's magic. Like and it ended up exercising these muscles in our brains for improv and riffing and you write jokes you wouldn't really think of writing because you're being forced to think of a topic that wouldn't have popped in your head otherwise so it became this great tool it became really popular i had to expand it to two days a week now so oh, wow. um, that's our crown jewel that is like the most popular mic of living room comedy and oddly enough it's not named after furniture <laughs> Yep, and that wheel is such a fucking bitch. She is. Her name is Svetlana. We actually had to give her a name because she's such a sentient bitchy thing. Honestly, like, that wheel, I swear to God. 
No joke, whenever I see that wheel spinning, I'm like, don't you fucking dare, don't you fucking dare. And then it's like, <laughs> okay, it's like, okay, cool. How long are you going to give me? Three minutes. All right, cool. And then, uh-huh. and then, oh, I remember, I think it was the first time was applesauce. And I remember, oh, for fuck's sake. Yep. How, where, where did I get from applesauce to my mother's anus? I swear now, I'm just remembered as the guy who was obsessed with his mum's anus. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> but I haven't gotten any complaints, so we're okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe you saw someone putting applesauce on your mother's. Haha. I believe that's how the story was going. It was oh, like he walked yeah. in on, there was like applesauce in or around or on the anus and Kim just observing something that then traumatized all of us through proxies. <laughs> I can't. Dude, you know what? You need, you need to go to therapy, Kim, about this mama anus thing because it's not... <laughs> Yes, you do because you talk the about your you talk about your mama's booty hole a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Now I don't feel so special. Thanks, Kim. As I always say to Ashley, whenever something gets on my pick, uh, fuck are you. <laughs> Hey, it's just like I talk about the chicken way too much. You know what? He needs to just like run in front of a car, but he is just too smart to figure that out yet. The thing that makes me laugh is I, 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 I still don't understand how my mother found out that I've been talking about her anus so much. Like, well, I maybe mean, she, on she figured out you have a podcast and picked up and like actually oh, yeah, shit. you say about her. Uh, you're a public though. performer, Kim. I mean, how, how, oh my God, did she see something that you broadcast and put out there to the public where you I were talking about it in performance? Stuff. I don't know. I, I reckon what it was is, uh, I reckon someone relayed the information to her and it was like, <laughs> hey, did you know your son is talking about your anus? Oh, that happened to me once. I wore a dress that was too short. Now I'm from Oklahoma, so it's the Bible Belt, so too short for Oklahoma is not too short for the rest of the world. Yeah. Somebody told my mother that I look like a hoe and she needed to pick me up and take me home and, and get me baptized and go talk to Jesus. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. So it happened. Get Jesus on the phone now. <laughs> well, she said that to me and, you know, I'm thinking I was like, I'm 30 at the time and I'm thinking, you know, okay. You know, and I call, I text my stepdad and said, please put her volume in a drink and just tell her that this <laughs> conversation never happened. <laughs> yep. Oh, jeez. Yep. Oh. How, do, how do we segue from that? <laughs> Not, I don't know, back to your mom's anus? I don't know. You have to do that. So every time you think about your mom's anus, you need to actually get a sedative to make you forget. Or he drink would die. Wine. That's how open <laughs> <laughs> Or or he would say, fuck you. Is that is that trying to be a good impression of me? No, it's more no. like fuck you. <laughs> it's more like fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. 
Okay, I think that should be the intro right there. Yeah, cut that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, go go ten minutes. Oh, go fuck yourself. Oh, go fuck yourself. See? <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Where do we go from there? Um, okay. <laughs> so, with the wheel, I'm just going to keep calling her the wheel because I'm not That's even cool. going to attempt to say her name. <laughs> It's like, it's like if you say Bloody Mary in front of a mirror too many times. Like, if you, if you say that the wheel three times in front of a mirror, that fucker's going to turn up. It's going to um, spin Bukake and you're going to get a five-minute set. That's all there is to it. To be fair, <laughs> that's what I'm terrified about. She hasn't given me a five yet. Uh-huh. And I'm not looking forward to when she does. But um, with the wheel, what's been the most outrageous sort of thing that has come out from the wheels sort of bitchiness you mean like as a as a set or yeah yeah, or just like yeah oh god just just what it's become as a whole has been kind of crazy because it's only been around since september so to see the very first episode in september to what it is now there's been so many crazy pants things that have happened and it's changed a lot um i think watching Chip Jones, if I if you're familiar with who that is, watching yeah. him do yeah. six minutes, six, because he spinned a five and picked up a discarded word to add a minute. Six minutes on kegels. kegels? Oh my god. Kegels, kegels, potato, tomato. I don't know. So so this dude, I, I want to get this clear. So <laughs> this dude could talk six minutes about a fucking kegel. Yes, and to add to that, he was doing this with his hand the entire time. Oh I know my this God. Are, are you kidding me? Like, six are minutes, you kidding me? Six so, minutes of this. I, you know, I'm a little out of the loop here, so I want to ask you a question. Um, so it, you have a wheel, you spin the wheel, it has a particular maybe name on it, and then someone has to do a set pertaining to that word or name. Is that what, what I'm catching here? Um, so the names are the participants. Like if it were to spin and it came up with Ashley, it would be your mm-hmm. turn. So oh, okay. you would then spin to find out how much time you get. And it would be either between two minutes and five minutes. Oh, you, you, you would so suffer in that two to five minutes because you know what? Oh, I'm- we all do. <laughs> <laughs> I would go off about my boss and then I'd turn around and do some childhood shit about my dad stuffing my friend into a floorboard. And then yep. you would just be done. I mean, <laughs> so, and that, that has happened. Out. I'm sorry. But with the third wheel, that one has, I think right now we're at like 421 topics on it. Oh, no. Yeah. So it picks one at random and it will give you like a weird word. Like it'll have like irrelevant and someone will go off on how they're like, irrelevant is not a word. And like, Oh, I know just, people that are totally irrelevant. Oh, I could go off mm-hmm. on people. Or, um, yeah, but it's, it gets crazy. It's always different. We've never had two episodes the same, which That's is very awesome. cool, though. Yeah, and, well, I mean, you go to open mics and you'll see the same comedians over and over and over, re- rehearsing yeah. the same jokes over and over, which we're supposed to. That's what open mics are for. But... When you're hearing new things for the first time, that laughter is genuine. It's it's coming yeah. from the gut most times. And so these shows are so fun. Like our cheeks hurt afterwards most times. 
I, I think there's a lot of things of what happened with here at Reckless Comedy too for me because mostly like I'm a working actor, host, and and a singer. So comedy has always been kind of secondary of just me talking about my own life and mm -hmm. people funny. So when you when you start hearing people from around the world, like in our case, and and you see where their humor sets at, it's really cool. It's it's mm -hmm. been a very great experience. Oh yeah. I've definitely like, I've met so many different kinds of people with so many different styles that like my, my comedy career has been born and grew up in Seattle. Like I'm a Seattle comedian. I've never done com comedy outside of Seattle. So it's funny. my sister lived there for a very long time. Yeah. Well, the scene here is great, but a lot of the comedians are the same. You know, it's a lot of bald white guys with beards telling jokes about how many flannels they own. And every show will have one woman booked on it for diversity. And so it's like you get into these Zoom rooms and everyone's so different. You just get that. It's it's refreshing, basically. Yeah, totally. You now know, I don't want stages to open back up. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, it's funny. It's the men and women both. They they You find yourself with all these really fun people and you know, this is where the pandemic has been positive. So we, we at our home, we try to see what everything that's positive versus the negative. So the, the positive has been like, I've met Kim, we've had this show, we've met people around the world and these people are all funny in their own ways, you know? Mm -hmm. Even though we have one gay guest that has never came on and was really upset because he thought we would judge him because he was gay and he didn't show up. Aw. Yeah. So to this day, we're still wondering what happened to him. I think he died. I think he died. I, I think he died. I think he was from, wasn't he from like Mississippi or some crazy yeah, shit? Yeah, I think so. Can't you know what? He probably got killed by the, by the Donald Trump following rednecks. Oh, fucking hell. Here we go. Right, <laughs> moving on. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, just trying to think what else. Um, I think, do you think the sort of online sort of zoom mic community is quite supportive is that fair to say yeah yeah absolutely um i mean of course with every community you're gonna have a couple assholes in it but oh yeah it's it's more supportive than it is um destructive definitely yeah and i think it's good that that community is quite sort of strong in the positive side of things. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, as you say, you know, in every community, you're always going to have a couple of what I call absolute fucking dickheads. You know, yeah. you're always going to have those sort of people. Um, but the question I want to ask is, where do you stand on like bullying in the sort of in this sort of community? I'm a hundred percent against it. Um, it's it shouldn't have a place like there's enough success for everybody and when it comes to bullying like i don't care if you're in school you're in work you're telling jokes there's no place for it like if you have a problem take it elsewhere address the problem apologize for the things that you've done own your mistakes but you don't need to bully someone into a position that creates more power for you that you do not deserve i completely agree with that and you know in, in, in the entertainment industry in general, bullying is a very um, common practice because people want to see either A, if you're strong enough to handle it, mm -hmm. or 
you know, and you know, we've seen B with the Harvey Weinstein situations yeah. or, you know, just C, you know, it's just somebody just trying to break down their competition because if they're trying to break you down, you know what that means? You're doing something correct. You're doing something that's threatening them. Yep. So they're trying to threaten you back. And yep. so you got to learn, this is a, this is a tough skin industry. So with that being said, being in a tough skin industry that you just got to let it roll off your back like water and just move forward and, and be yourself and everybody else is everybody else. There is room for everyone to play in this playground, you know, and people just need to understand that versus bullying each other. Yeah. I do think that there's power in the village. Like if, Ooh, if you're able to the unit versus as oh, it's a puppy. Here we go. We've um, lost control. Yeah, if we, you know, if you get like the whole mob justice thing where it's like, yes, we will support you. You have come forward with this information. We believe you. Let's do something right. I think there's a lot of power in that too. Like in this, in the industry right now, especially in the comedy industry, I'm seeing more and more podcasts and things like that. Come together and play together because you know what? You may collaborate something that could be the next in living color or the next next mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live. You don't know what's going on in these rooms, and you're collaborating meat and, and individuality at the same time. So we sh- you should work together because you never know what you can create. I mean, my co-host that I have for our show, Cafe Conleche, Willie, he's out of his mind for the most part. But I love collaborating with him because he has the willingness and he's open enough to share and play with the play with everybody can play in the playground with him. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't want to, he's out of his fucking mind and he throws, you know, inflatable dolls out of your window, but you know, <laughs> he works, you know, it, it's, it's just, you know, that's what it is. The playground is there's room for everyone and we can yeah. all help each other learn and grow. Exactly. Why do I feel like I've now lost control because now the dog's on screen? I feel like I'm about to be overthrown by a fucking dog. <laughs> because she's so cute and you know she loves her Uncle Kim. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm a part of that family now, apparently. <laughs> she's like, Uncle Kim, I just wanted to say hi. She lifted her ears when she heard her voice. That's she why. She's being held against her will. <laughs> she, she was taking a nap. But she heard the like, voice and she raised her ears. I have to say it. I have to say it. She was being held dog stitch. Right? <laughs> I have no, to say it. Come on. She knows dog Kim's voice, did. though. So she raised her ears. That's why I brought her over. Fucking <laughs> hell. Um, but yeah, I think. She's like, Uncle Kim, Uncle Kim. It's me, Una. What Earlier the at the dog park, it was more what like. What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> Earlier at the dog park, it was more like, I'm Una, bitch. <laughs> yep, we've lost control. We've lost all respect <laughs> that we had. <laughs> um, okay, right, moving on from dogs, because, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not from here. Um, okay, so as, as I said at the start of the episode, you know, we're sponsored by um, <laughs> Top of the Morning Coffee. And Good morning, Tara sort of um sort of um disclosed to us that um her son is a huge Jack Septicai fan. Mm-hmm. Please tell us about that. How how are you living with a child that likes a screaming Irishman? 
Um, well, my child is 18 years old. So. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's not like, you know, he's sitting there watching it, you know, sidecar with Scooby-Doo or anything. He's, that was um, awesome, though. Yeah. He, it was around the, the Black Lives Matter movement when it was all going on in May. Jacksepticeye was doing these sponsorship drives for, like, the Bail Project. And my son was turning on the YouTube streams in the living room and I started watching them with him and then just started throwing $100 bills into the thing. And I'm like, this is from Dylan. This is from Dylan's mom and like all that stuff. And then the, it was actually the debut day of Top of the Morning Coffee. We ordered a bag and it was the only thing available was pre-ground. The t-shirts were sold out. The mugs were sold out. The full beans were sold out. And then um, I ordered a second bag when that bag ran out and then got him a t-shirt to go with it. But my son's been watching him for years. He says he's been a fan of his for years. And then I started watching him like, oh, hey, this guy's doing some good stuff. He's pretty funny. And the coffee's really, really, really good. So, <laughs> oh, very so, cool. so just a word to our sponsors. We do have a satisfied customer here. Yeah, the Midnight yeah. Oil Blend. To be fair. <laughs> To be fair, I, I'm not actually a huge fan of coffee, but I'm, I'm happy to try and force myself to drink co coffee just, just because, like, who, who doesn't, like, want to say, hey, you want a cup on top of morning? Like, you want to... Even if you don't like the coffee, the t-shirts are soft and comfy, the mug is big, and, like, the mug looks boss. I cannot wait till those are back in stock. I will be ordering a mug. <laughs> I'm literally... I'm going to order some right now. Because I want to check this out. This is great. This is fucking yeah, great. Actually, this is a reckless comedy first, ladies and gentlemen. We get a sponsor and our co-host is actually giving money to the sponsor. And I've already given money to And you've already given money. So it's <laughs> cool. I'm the only person not done that yet. That's all right. Yeah, I see the midnight oil. You know, it's actually what's great about this, what I'm seeing already is it's actually very affordable mm -hmm. and you you know you can go out and you get it and they have hot chocolate as well they oh, have that must be new brew. yeah they have cold brew here and they and they you can get gift cards and you know what the, the mugs are very cool they have like a like a four-leaf clover on the side of them mm -hmm. uh, i actually yeah totally i'm buying it right now oh i i like this the fact just like, if the mugs are back in stock, I'll order one right now, too. <laughs> yeah. We literally, whilst this is happening, those listening to this podcast via audio won't realise this, but we're actually looking at the website right now and seeing what the fuck's on the website. So if you're watching the video version, you'll, you'll get to see all this crap. Yep. So, I mean, well, it's not crap. It's actually really great stuff. I weren't saying the coffee's crap. I can't say that, otherwise the bloody sponsors will go. <laughs> right? No, I'm just telling you. It's a great affordable product. And if you're a coffee connoisseur, I actually, I, I actually like to test different coffees. So I, I like to see what's out there and what's new and see what, you know, if it's something that we enjoy, because we're coffee drinkers every day in this house. Same. Wow. Yeah, that hot chocolate's new. That wasn't on the site last time I ordered, so I just got some of that to try it. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think that came in just before Christmas. I think it would make sense, though. 
going to come in before Christmas as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, good. I've been ordering this stuff since uh, summertime. Wow. We're just we're just looking at some of them. To be fair, I or I'm, you can take the hot chocolate and mix it with the coffee, and then actually have like a mocha coffee. A mocha. Mm-hmm. Then you have top of the mocha to you. Oh. Oh. Come <laughs> on, get this woman onto it. Um, such a dad joke walking. Wow. Yep. But um, yeah, thanks to Top of the Morning Coffee for actually sponsoring us. Um, if you are listening to this podcast, we don't have a discount code for you. We're not like every other fucking podcast. Like, buy these people, you know, buy this product, and we we get 5%. It's like, no, we get nothing out of it. Just go buy their coffee. You know, they've only been going since, what, last year? Brand new, so go support them. Um, yeah, just go... Go buy their fucking coffee. <laughs> it's like every other comic, ain't it? It's like, you know, buy it's- a ticket to my show. Right, it's bring your coffee. <laughs> bring your coffee. Here's we'll have you on our podcast if three of your friends buy the coffee. It's funny, my local coffee shop actually uses the coffee in their coffee shop. Cool. How is this turned into coffee related? This this should be this should be renamed the Reckless Coffee Podcast. Well, well that just makes me you think you're spilling. We have a new sponsor. Their name is Top of the Morning. And we're like, oh shit, we've had that coffee before. And I'm like, oh damn, I should have some of it at home. So it'd be so good that we can keep on tasting it. And you're like, and she's like, oh yeah, we have this shit every day. And then you're like, I'll just become a coffee cup because you started the conversation. <laughs> oh, I think the fact that I can recite that, you know, I can only do that when I'm drunk. <laughs> How much have you drunk so far, Ashley? I've actually just had one. <laughs> you know, I've become a lightweight in my old age because I don't drink as much anymore. And I'm actually going to take a 90 day break because I'm doing a fitness competition. Oh, this is going to be fun. It's going to be fucking fun. I mean, I've already lost weight, but now I'm going to lose more. So, like, that's the way we're doing it. And so I am actually getting my yah-yahs out. And my office sent me a bottle of Kettle One. And, you know, I have to uh, work tomorrow. And it doesn't matter because they did it. That's on them. And then Saturday, I'm actually doing some stand-in work. I'm actually Mariska Hargitay's stand-in for Law & Order, uh, the new crime unit. Uh, show that they're doing that she's actually producing cool yep so and they wonder who's the most successful host of this podcast well if i was the most successful i have a little more going on but i have a lot going on at the moment i mean this is interesting to be fair though i'm as as a comic i think everybody's fully successful because i mean for me, I've, I've been really, in, the most enjoyable project I've done in the last five years and all this other crap I've worked on is this, because I've actually been able to be myself, been all my issues. I don't have anybody really controlling my thing and I'm not having to control it. So that's Kim's job. I, d- I just, I just want to clarify to everyone listening. Uh, when Ashley said that, I was definitely not pointing a gun at her head and telling her to say it. <laughs> no, I... I've enjoyed this. This has been one of the most enjoyable experiences for me. I've been having a blast. 
thing is, can you actually imagine me, the guy who just talks about his mum's anus running around with a gun? Well, you know, yeah, sometimes. No. Exactly. <laughs> but you gotta remember, I'm from the South, everybody has gum. Right. <laughs> I, I don't. What the fuck? Oh I did. God. I did a meeting once in Nashville, and everybody had it. Had they were all gun packers. They were legal gun packers. And now, I'd been out of Oklahoma for a few years in New York, and I'm like, oh shit, I left my home. <laughs> I mean, like, what am I supposed to say? Oh, well, wow. like, let's get down to business, young lady. I'm like, well, fuck. I'm the only one that didn't have a gun. And I'm like, it's nerf or nothing. <laughs> so I guess I'll have to use my left hook if it's necessary. There you go. All right, okay, this question's just popped in my head, and if I, if I phrase it wrong, I am going to get fucking cancelled. So this is going to be fun. Do you, this is my question, do you think women are underappreciated in the comedy scene? Underappreciated, no. Underutilized, yes. That was, that was pretty much a straight answer, so like, yeah. There are more female comedians now actually coming up, mm -hmm. but it's just how they're utilized. They're not always utilized to their full potential. Yeah, and a lot of times they're just thrown on a lineup so people can say, oh, it's not just all straight white guys on this one. So being the token white chick on a lot of lineups, I can say that that's been a thing. But, but women in comedy are appreciated. Like, I don't think there's ever been a doubt. We appreciate women in comedy, like Lucille Ball, Betty White, Joan Rivers. Like, there have been women in comedy that are of great appreciation. But, you know, like Ashley said, they're not put in enough stuff that we can appreciate them to their full potential. So it's just, yeah, it's a disservice to the women yeah, in comedy. Yeah, we tried we try to do that with breakfast. We tried to get as many female, like, just people like females in like all terms of the entertainment industry, because that's what this podcast really is. It started off being just comedy based, but then we realized eventually we will run out of comedians to, you know, speak to. So we sort of went, you know what, why don't we just expand it to the whole industry as a whole? So whether, whether you're doing stuff on social media or whether you're a singer, actor, anything, if you're mm -hmm. in the entertainment industry, you're more than welcome up onto here and that's what we've tried to do we've tried to make everyone equal like you know we've never declined anyone a space to talk on the show yeah and i know i i think we're relatively good at that i think we're relatively good at saying look you're you're more than welcome to come on the podcast but just don't don't you know don't do anything. Don't be offensive to others, but you can be yourself. Yeah. yeah. Just be don't yourself. be a dick don't, about don't, it. Don't put a facade on. Don't like, yeah. don't like put a fake wall up because if you if you come up this is the thing, and I, I hate like comics that come up come across as fake because I've I've been on the UK circuit now for nearly three years and I've seen a lot of fake people on the circuit. And those fake people are relatively not doing comedy anymore because they've because they were being fake for so long and they've realized that what they're doing all round is fake and that they've got no passion for it whatsoever 
Well, it comes across as fake too. I mean, it, it's just like doing music. If you if you don't have any soul in your music or passion to where people can relate to that song or or whatever you're doing at that time, then you know nobody's going to buy your music. It's just like comedy. It's the same thing. If you don't have the passion or you're not completely loving it, it comes across as so okay. Yeah. So uh, I mean. Sorry, I, I, I paused there for a second because I'm just getting rid of the chicken. I'm oh, telling you. I was waiting for you to tell a joke. <laughs> no, I'm getting rid No, I have a boss and he's uh, this year, he, I, like I said, I filmed his son. He did, couldn't tell me which one was his because he was in another area, forgot the kid's number, uh, jersey number. Then, he, you know, he lit himself on fire. And then he's getting a tooth implant, so his front tooth is missing. Real nice-looking Italian guy, but his front tooth is missing. So, like, and, and, he, and because he's an attorney, he's a corporate attorney, he's like a car salesman. So, it, it's, it's just an all-around mm -hmm. joke all the time with the guy. So, I had to tell him farewell until I see him in two hours and drink the bottle of vodka that he sent. <laughs> he thought, thanks for the vodka! <laughs> Thank you for the booze, dude, and, and all the snacks that we're going to eat in this house because I started drinking at four, just anticipating the idea of having to deal with you. <laughs> uh, I, th I, just I, I think he did sneaks alcohol because I think there was something about that because of his dad. Is it, is it weird that I've told anyone who hasn't heard of this podcast to listen to it whilst drinking? Yes. Because that's the best way to get through these episodes is drinking. Um, I think, just trying to think, I know, um, I think earlier <laughs> in the podcast we did mention um, Jesus at one point. We, Reckless Comedy has not given Jesus a good run for his name. At the We're time. doing a podcast, Frank. Oh. Hi, Frank. Frank. <laughs> and little girl heard you. You know she's represented now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm represented. Yeah. Well, we lost. We lost you. I ain't losing her. What do you mean you lost me? <laughs> I, I I bring plenty of checks in this house. Thank yeah. you. Bar room checks. Yeah, and I paid them. <laughs> Right, do I cut this bit out or not? I don't know. <laughs> Keep it in. He, he makes fun of me all the time. And the vodka came here. It's kettle one. Put this in. When are we getting the fucking footage for the comedians? Oh, I'm getting to it, Frank! Well, <laughs> we're taping it next week. Wait, we are taping next week, so we need to have something for the comedians. Okay, right. Uh, I'll, for I'll, our show. We need, right. we, need, we need the first, right away, we need the first three. Right, first rate, I'll get on to that after that. Oh, you're, whatever you're, you're the boss I've never had. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what Shoot me! <laughs> His response was, I, by the way, 
Right correct for the yourself. end does. No, correct yourself. I jerked off 10 times. <laughs> so, so it wasn't that he, he doesn't fucking do anything all day. He jerked off 10 fucking times a day. by Jax, by the way. Jax is this normal place that was on Bar Rescue, which is a show here in the United States. Okay. It's in an... He saved a bar here, though, and this place, these people are out of their minds. Like, one guy at this place feeds Una... By the way, that's where he was going, the guy in that. Jax. Dude, who is this dude? This guy was on the train, by the way. This guy was on the train. Can I just clarify that our guest is just sat there? Oh yeah, you know, on the seven line, which is near our house, it's it's like the subway. There's a guy that they haven't caught that's been jerking off on the subway. Not one. They used to do that on the way from the next game. Well, you remember that wasn't wasn't it? With, I with you at like three o'clock in the morning, where those two two drunk people were having sex on the on the subway. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. A, we were on our way. Home, to... What do you think the homeless can't afford Motel Six? <laughs> oh my fucking god! <laughs> so they can see the stars. <laughs> so now, Kim, you have to understand these are normal conversations in this house. So you just explain to him, see the stars, because the train is underground, but when it gets into Queens, it's high. Yeah, it goes and outside. outside. So that's why they, they start they start making out at about 57th Street. By the time it hits Queensboro Bridge, which is now Queens, they, they can see, see the, the stars, stars and then they start doing it with each other. Yeah. 
But wasn't that near 34th Street where we saw those two people doing it? Woman, I don't remember. There's so many instances. <laughs> what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> I just met a guy going to Jack's and jerks off 10 times. <laughs> what the? Can, can we try and get back up with the show? Sure. <laughs> <What> the <fuck? laughs> That's already an episode right there. There you go. There's an episode of, of okay. Frank coming home. Right. I'm going to try and tie this background to what we were trying to do. <laughs> like we were talking about anti-bullying before you talked about a guy jerking off well, ten times a day. Off more times, their aggressions will come out. <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry. You have to listen to this, Tara. <laughs> we have a guest, you know. Oh, really? <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> who, who, me? No, it's Tara. No, well, she's a comedian in, in California or in Seattle. Well, well, she just got new material for the from the East Coast. <laughs> oh I I wasn't even paying attention. I just made myself busy with other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you should join the team and maybe teach somebody here. How Sorry, I I was doing producer shit. I'm I'm working doing three things right now. Good for you. Good for you. I'm out of a fucking job. You know. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. And you're and you're home all day. All right, Frank, rub it in. I'll get him across. Okay, good. Right now, wrapping it back up to the show. Um, <laughs> what we originally planned to be doing. Uh, where were we? We were talking about anti-bullying. Um, okay, that's where we were. All right, that's what I wanted to ask before we went on whatever the fuck that was. Um, <laughs> um, so let's talk a bit about um, mental health in comedy because I think mental health in comedy isn't or, or just in general mental health isn't talked about enough uh, uh -huh. where, do you, where do you sort of stand on you know mental health in this sort of industry um well being that one of my signature jokes is about mental health <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm actually, I'm, I'm a big mental health comic. I try and normalize the diagnoses and seeking therapy and being on meds. And I tell a lot of jokes about them that are true to life and my own experiences, hoping that if I make them funny and relatable, then someone else doesn't feel so bad for trying to treat their own things. So yeah, I'm 100% for it. I think it's great. Fix your brain, make it do the best it can and work with what you got. Just do it safely and stay healthy. I don't know what Ashley says to that. I don't know where she stands on it, considering the last 10 minutes of what the fuck that was. Well, <clears throat> mental health, it just depends on where, where you are and where you stand on it. Because, you know, if you've been through different traumas, mental health is a different type of thing. If, you know, our, what we do here is just banter. That's our, I mean, it's not meant, unless that caused you mental health issues there, Kim. <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> Taking a nap. Wake up, buddy. I mean, I know it's late over there, but you know what? It is what it is. <laughs> well, late night. Well, considering we keep swearing and calling each other fuckers all the time. Yeah, you know. But, you know, you know, we do that. I do that with love. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get that printed on a t-shirt? Let's make a coffee company out of that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell. But, um, right, trying to tie back to um, living room comedy. Um, 
out of all the shows that Living Room Comedy has, which one's your favourite and which one do you least like? Oh, um, well, my favourite, obviously, is Russian Roulette. That's, that's my baby. That is the most original concept I've ever had. And I hope it just becomes huge one day. But I'm going to put that out in the universe, hoping it happens. <laughs> so that one is my favorite, just because it's the most original and it's always different. My least favorite, not for any real particular reason, other than it was just, I don't know, for lack of better terms, sucking the soul from my body. Um, is make the love seat laugh, even though it was my first one because it's a no light mic. I do get some comics that don't necessarily read the room and it would just go on forever. So instead of canceling that mic, I actually brought in a friend to start hosting it. So now that's hosted by Katie Zane. So that way we could keep that mic going. Everyone's happy. It's a host that people are familiar with. They like them. It's a very welcoming person. So that worked out. And now I attend that mic when I feel like it and I still produce and own it. Very cool. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I haven't done Make the, uh, Make the Love Seat Laugh yet. I haven't got round to that yet. I'm, I'm slowly getting around to all of them. I'm... It actually, Make the Love Seat Laugh just returned from hiatus yesterday. So, so how many shows do you have in, in it in completely? Three? Uh, four original shows that run five days a week. All right. And they say I burn the candle at both so, ends. Do you just do podcasts or do you do digital and visual? Um, it's, well, all of my shows are video visual. It's just virtual open mics. But I also have a podcast. I'm on a team with other people. Okay. So like. I do a little bit of everything. Like, I'm if Kim's burning the candle at both ends, mine has three wicks. <laughs> <laughs> Same here, by the way. I, I have a very hectic schedule, so I completely understand. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I think it's good to have a few shows like to host, but I think and something which Reckless has always had little bits of faults with is that sometimes you have to try and find a line between the right amount of shows and uh, just doing way too many. I think at one point, uh, back end of 2020, I think Reckless at one point was running like three or four shows a week and three of those were hosted by myself. Mm -hmm. And it ended up at one point me... <coughs> Oh, great. My co-host is Donnie. Cool. No, I'm yeah. sorry. I took all my throat. I apologize. It ended up at one point, I think, me going, I don't like doing this anymore. I'm just doing it to keep the comics happy. And it mm -hmm. wasn't until one comic actually said to me, look, we can see you're not liking it. If you want to shut the show down, go for it. And I did. I shut that show down. And um, because of um, <clears throat> COVID, it um, kicked back up again. Yeah, I, I, I was feeling that same thing because I actually host four out of the five shows that I do. And up until a couple months ago, it was five out of the five. And I started noticing on Tuesday mornings, I was waking up like, oh God, I have to do love seat today. And 
it once I started feeling like that, I knew the comics weren't getting the kind of experience that they wanted from the mic. You know, it wasn't a happy, welcoming place. The energy was just fucked up. They'd come in, they most likely felt unwelcomed and rushed, and I didn't like putting that out. So that's when I brought Katie on. Yeah, I think it's good to, you know, as I say, it's good to keep yourself productive, but you've got to try and only, like, you've got to stay productive to the point. I'm trying to think of how to word this now. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You have to keep yourself out there, but at the same time, you can't, you can't Mm -hmm. be so burnt out where you don't enjoy it and the folks that you're with don't enjoy it meaning your guests or whatever you're doing at the time or your audience, because they notice as much as you do how burnout and how unincited that you are, because that's the whole point of, of comedy and anything else. It's entertainment. People want to be entertained. And especially in this forum with, in laughter, people want to laugh because there's so much bullshit going on right now. There's COVID. Mm -hmm. There's, I mean, in, in our case, we've changed presidents. So there's all this drama with, with trying to get vaccines and everything is just going wrong. So the way to make it right is to make people laugh and, you know, give them 10 minutes of their day where they're not thinking about all these crazy things going on in the world and let them kind of escape the reality. If you make it feel forced, they're going to know that and they're not going to be able to escape from their particular reality to be enjoy your talent, whatever it may be. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, to be fair. Um, considering, like, for the last just over a year, I've not been on stage as an actor because, hey, guess what? COVID happened and it's still happening. Mm-hmm. We love COVID. She is a really bitchy friend that just doesn't go away. Um, hey, like the wheel. I, I, I've decided she just has, she's on her cycle and she just hasn't stopped. Yeah, the amount of menstrual jokes we've made this year regarding that bitch known as COVID is unreal. I think that's the first time in my comedy career I've ever had to make more than one like menstrual joke. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. I mean, I, I don't really speak of those things per, you know, it's just, it's the only way to describe how I'm feeling about that particular thing. To be fair though, um, I, I, I did a indoor gig uh, back in September and um, one of the jokes I did was that I compared, uh, I tried taking one of the jokes from the podcast and translating it to stage. And I, I think I said along the lines that COVID is a bit like a period it's moaning and bitchy and no one wants it. And I swear to God, I felt, I, I almost felt like someone was about to start clocking up a gun and pointing it towards my head. Because no joke, every time I told that joke, I told it on two occasions, every time I said it, nearly every woman in the audience sort of went, no. It's not like that, boy. You don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And then I added to it, um, and at the end of that joke, when I know people like the, some of the audience on the female side are like, yeah, yeah, you can't joke about that. It's like, don't go all Karen on me now. You know it's true because half of you are on your period right now. Yeah, and that was probably, you know, the thing about it is that's almost a female joke in a sense because you have to, 
because it's like if you're a, if, if Tara was saying that on stage, people would laugh because it's something that she gets and understands. But as a as a man, I can see this, and maybe yeah. in, maybe here in the United States they wouldn't take it as seriously. But some people are just like you don't understand what I'm going through and I'm on it right now. And you just don't understand. I'm discomfort and my discomfort yeah. makes me feel so bad that I'm having a drink to keep my pain from feeling. And now I have to look at you talking about my period. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, people are like that. It, 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 it's just, you never know. Well, there's like an unspoken rule where not your problem, not your joke. So yeah. if you don't have a uterus and you don't menstruate, you don't get to make jokes about periods. It's, you know, like I don't have a penis and testicles. Therefore, I don't really make dick jokes. If I do, they're in reference to my husband and son who own penises of their own. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, that's just like, that's been the unspoken rule that I don't think everyone's really aware of. But I think that at some point, like Kim, you have <laughs> some kind of experience where you're like, I think maybe there might be something behind this. Yeah. It, it did. It, it felt really weird because I I was having loads of laughs before and then I'd just say that one menstrual joke and I swear someone like, it felt like someone had just like thrown a bomb into the whole room and everyone went silent because they didn't know if it was going to go off or not. And I'm just there like, yeah, I might have pissed off a few people. Mm-hmm. But um, in, in terms of comedy, I know uh, me and I've spoken about this off there, but have you, I, I know you know the answer of what I'm about to say. Where, um, have, have you had to ban people from your shows? I know you know the answer. Yes. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> obviously, to, for me to ask, do you enjoy banning people is the most stupidest question ever. But, yes. you know, what? Do you enjoy, she, she automatically <laughs> said yes. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. <laughs> no, I, I don't. <laughs> Finish asking your question. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, but with with you, where where where's the line before you have to ban someone? Where 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 do you see the final straw? Um, I I have kind of a one strike rule. Like if if something is brought to my attention or it's just so blatantly obvious that it's like this needs to be handled, um. I address it first with the person that was the victim and I say, I'm aware that this has happened. I want you to know that I saw it. If that person brings it to me, I say, okay, I am aware. Would you like me to address it with this person? Like I never take the step myself. I always say, are you okay with me addressing this as a producer and a host? Um, Then if it's something that I witnessed myself, hey, dude, that wasn't cool. I will call you out on it. I'll put you back in your place. Like, I kind of assess the situation. Everything is its own individual instance. Address it with the person in question that's the, I don't know, offender. And then if they understand what I'm saying, okay, cool. We move on from there. You've got your warning shot. You're on my radar. If anything happens after that, Someone comes to me with a complaint. Hey, this person was messaging me uncomfortable things or anything. If it happens in my room, I'm sorry, you're gone. I've had three people that I've had to ban. All of them received communication prior. All of them then had a second offense and 
I have to keep a clean house and make sure that I am providing a safe space for the other comedians. In other words, don't be a fucking dick. Yeah, like come in, respect the space, respect the people in it, and we're all gonna have a good time. If you're gonna come in just like trying to swing your dick around and knock people in the eye with it, we're gonna have words. I'm gonna put you in a fucking corner and then you're out. I think I, I, think I said this recently on um, uh, social media, like, cause Reckless had now had to start banning people, which I, I always ask this question and it's like, why can't comedy just be a safe space for all? Like, Mm-hmm. You know, we're all we're all we're doing what we love, and I think the entertainment industry in general is like that. You know, we're we're all trying to do the same thing. Yes, sometimes people will conflict with each other, but it's better to keep it like private conflict than you know, like for example, like a whole Facebook group going, "No, he did, it, he did, it, he did it, he did it," and it's like it's not a fucking like gang mob mortality sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, dealing with something like that, actually, currently, um, I can say with experience, currently, that a lot of times when you're bringing something like that to someone's attention, like, hey, you did X, Y, Z to this person, it made them uncomfortable, and we need to address this. If they come back at it with an attack, that's pretty fucking telling. (laughs) If they're coming back at it with an attack, rallying their troops and ready to gaslight the straw man, well, um, we have a problem that's telling. And I really think that we need to address your behavior beyond that because now you're giving me way more reason to believe the person that came to me. So, um, yeah, I forgot where we were going with that. But yeah, some people suck and I'm out to just put them in their place. I mean, Fucking mob justice, man. Do the right thing. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Like, I'm just looking at Ashley right now. Her, her, Ashley, <laughs> how, how do I say this? It looks like you, you, you're dead under the eyes right now. It looks like your That's eyes are completely no, I, I was looking down at something because I was being texted by work. And I was still listening to both of you. You know, a lot of people, I mean, we have people on our show, by the way, that we give time out just because simply they just weren't professionally appropriate. It, it's the same mm-hmm. thing that you're saying, but instead of even calling them out, we just don't call them back. It, it's just, you know, and then when they ask us why we didn't call them back, we give them the reasons why. And, you know, sometimes, you know, and, and, you know, when you're really a successful person, you don't even have to give them a reason. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I hate to say it like that, but you know, it's like, okay, you know what you did and why, should we give a fuck about you anymore? Because mm-hmm. you gave, we were given the privilege to be here and you decided to, to ruin that privilege. So why should I give a shit if you call me back, apologize to me and tell me why your brother, you know, broke his head down the street. I don't care. I mean, I, I approach it differently because I just, you know what you ruin, you're done. There needs to be no explanation. There needs to be no talking to you. You're shut out, you're cut off, and goodbye. There's no point. There's no point in having to even justify a reason to these people. Just say goodbye. You're no longer allowed here. Yeah, I think with me and with the people we've had the band with Reckless recently, I think is, um, I think if I assess each sort of complaint depending on how serious it is. So for example, uh, something which is quite relevant at the moment, you know, sexual harassment and sexual assault. If, if sexual yeah. harassment happens at any of my mics, 
I won't mm -hmm. give it two two shots. I will literally say, "You did this." Yep. Get the fuck out. We're, yep. we're at the stage in the entertainment industry. Sexual harassment is just not acceptable. And exactly. you know, it's just not acceptable. You can't say, "Oh." you called her this or you did this to, it's not acceptable and if you make it acceptable that makes you an accessory after the fact exactly. i mean and it, it's not just men to women it's women to men too it, it's an equal mm -hmm. playing ground there 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 is no ifs ands or buts there's just not -uh. you're not welcome back you know if you yeah. want to if you if you want to grab somebody go grab them somewhere else hire someone to grab but don't do it here yeah and a lot of that with um you'll get the pushback of, well, so-and-so saying this because I'm getting too big. They're trying to hold me down. Or you're just trying to damage my business and what I've built. And it's like, no, we're trying to not give you a free pass to be an asshole. Like no, you, you are damaging people and we're trying to make sure you don't damage them anymore. So this isn't about us coming at you and vigilante justice. This is about your actions have caused damage to people we are addressing that as people that are supposed to keep this all in check. Like if you produce or host a show, it's your duty to make sure that those that are attending your mic are safe. And if they're not, address it. And if you address it with someone and they come back with so-and-so's lying, they're just trying to keep me down. Well, guess what? That is a pretty surefire way that you are the damn problem and we address this correctly. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Fuck off. You know what that means? They're an amateur and they don't need to be here in the first place. Exactly. And if they claim they're running a business, don't run it like your fan club. Exactly. Because if, if you're a professional at anything you do, it, it does, it's not just entertainment. You don't have to squawk about you're holding me down because you know what? There's nothing to hold down. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's there, I, I don't have to hold you down. If you're rising, my my you're you're going to be an attainable asset to me to have on my show because you're going to help me rise by putting me out there with you yep. or you know if if, I, if you have to tell me who you are you're nobody you're just exactly nobody. i know who you are already or i wouldn't have you on this show i actually had someone say the words today it's not my fault that i've grown to become a sex symbol in oh a way for them to God in a way for them to excuse the sexual harassment, which has been brought to our attention. So I think if you're saying those words, you're really not shit. You haven't grown to be a sex symbol and you're really just so in love with yourself that you gotta quit calling it a summer fling. I hate people yeah. like that. So, like, I hate people like that. that like, so, how do you so even like, eat? You're so I fucking hate, full I of yourself. You're so self-obsessed. And the minute mm -hmm. I sometimes joke about that as a comic, you know, I joke about how I just talk about myself all, all, all over again. And sometimes I just go, yeah, I'm so self-obsessed. But there's, there's a line between joking about being self-obsessed and actually being like full on, oh, no one can get higher than me. Fuck you all sort of thing. Well, I, I agree with that in a sense. I mean, you know, there's a times that it's just funny when you make fun of yourself. And then there's a time that my mother would always tell me, you know, your head's getting too big. Here's the pen. I'm going to actually take it out now because you know yeah. what? You, the, be the best thing is to be you and be the best you you can be. Anything else is just shit. It, it, it's it. It's just shit. It's not, it's not anything. And you're not important if you have to tell me you're important. If you're important, I already know you're important. Yep. It's the, 
it, the biggest words to live by in this industry are just a good reputation is more valuable than your money. Like that, that's any industry though. That's I, any industry. You, entertainment you, especially. <laughs> oh, it, all it takes is one person to say one bad thing and it could change the entire public's yeah, just perception of you. you if you're, if you're well known in the industry, that doesn't matter. But like, you know, it's just, if you've built that m money buys anything, but 30,000 like, Johnny Depp fans. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Here we go. Johnny Depp. Right. This is a whole different conversation. What the matter? Yeah. I'm team Johnny. Just so we're clear. Well, I, mean, I was just about to say, who decided that you are with Johnny Depp? million dollars your dad put out. So, or she would be nobody too. So like, you know, but let's get real. Like, I mean, her daddy bought her career, just like Toby Keith's uh, gangster bought his career. A, I, I understand. You know, people buy careers. That's mm -hmm. not an issue. But these people don't have the wherewithal to know how to buy their career. So that's what I'm saying. That's when you build your reputation when it matters. Yeah, I, th I, I think I've joked a lot about like reputation recently. You know, I, I always joke about like I don't. I, very recently, I joke about like I don't care what I'm remembered for. Like, no one. And I said this really recently. I, I I don't. All in my eyes, all I'm gonna be remembered for when I when I eventually disappear to stop pissing off the Christians. We're gonna say disappear. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> stop pissing them off. We're all gonna disappear. You say you're gonna take your magic wand and go poof. I'm gone. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go poof. But um, <laughs> what I joke about is that when I do eventually disappear, the only way I'm gonna be remembered, literally on my tombstone, it's just gonna say, "Here lies a clown who wrote some jokes." Literally, here's here's some random fucker who wrote some jokes. Thought he was funny. Some people found him funny. Poof. I, I, I don't think that would be the case. I think that people will remember you for more than that. I think that you haven't seen the whole vision for yourself yet. Wow. That just makes the last two minutes sound like I'm being so self-obsessed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, moving on about um, comedians, do you have any, uh, Tara, do you have any comedic influences? Oh, absolutely. Um, Name them. Go for it. Well, George Carlin, obviously, like everyone says Carlin was a huge influence, but Carlin got me to love words and the origin of words and the correct use of words. And so I could actually thank George Carlin for my journalism degree. Um, uh, let's see. Gallagher made me think outside the box. So growing up watching a lot of Gallagher when I was young, not so much appreciating the prop comedy of it, but the obscure thought and thinking of things inside out. And then um, Lucille Ball with physical comedy, knowing that you can do things with your face and make no sound and still get some kind of a laugh. So um, I would say those three people probably shaped and made me love comedy i don't think they really had an impact on my devoid on on my voice <laughs> my voice or delivery but they definitely 
they turned me on to comedy, they made me love the written word, and they showed me that it's possible to actually do this. Hmm. I think I think for me, one of one of my uh, comedic influences, which people always say, why the fuck? For me, I take some of the elements from Russell Brand into mm-hmm. one of those. Like, obviously, I don't I don't become a drug addict and then a guy literally thinks he's God. But I take that sort of old element of Russell Brand of like sort of jumping around the stage, acting like a crazy person really. Mm-hmm. And I think my stage persona when I'm on stage is I like to look a little bit like rough around the edges, which sometimes, yeah. sometimes when I say like, oh, I look rough around the edges on stage, they think, they automatically think, what, you, you forced yourself into looking really like rough. And it's like, no, I, I just, you know, I just go on stage looking like I've just been dragged for a hedge. <laughs> Especially when I have long hair as well, it's funny. It looks like I've just been dragged out of a homeless shelter or something. And it's like, put that fucker on! They're like, dude, you know the shelter's two blocks that way. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Hey, you put it out there. Yeah, to be fair. I think that's an interesting question, though. What's, like, your stage persona, if you have one, or what do you have a persona in any form? And this goes for both of you, really. Um, I, I'm just me when I get up there. Like I've been told that I have the um, the suburban white mom look, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> that's just my face. Uh, <laughs> But no, like I talk about my family. I talk about my life experiences. Every joke I have ever written and told is something I have lived through. So when I'm on stage, the only thing you're getting is probably a louder version of me in real life. Like I'm going to talk a little bit louder and I might talk faster just because of the time restraint, but you're you're getting Tara whether I'm on stage or off stage. Like I really haven't developed a character. So <laughs> it's like that's that's just me. It's whatever diagnoses is in the driver's seat that day, that's who you get. Well the fact that I have like at the moment I have like six alter egos that are currently in the works, you know. One of them just shouts at people. We all know which one that is. If you haven't yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of them just shouts at people. I don't know if you saw, but did you see um, the improv troupe that I've started and we made a virtual sex scene? I have not seen that. 16 minutes of pure hell. Awesome. Right, Ashley's seen it as well. It's fucking mm-hmm. crazy. Um, trying to think of a couple of names that were in there. We had um, Kurt Seedlon. He, he, he helps out a lot with that. Uh, trying to think who else. Brooke is in that as well, Brooke Barcel. <laughs> That's always funny. What's his face from Italy is in there too, isn't he? Oh, Bruno? Michael Monkhouse, yeah. I love Bruno. Michael Monkhouse. I'm just telling oh. you him. Bruno Interlandi is in it as well. Bruno, oh, he, he's like our little secret weapon, Bruno is. Like, yeah, Bruno's just our little secret weapon, you know, because he, to me, he comes across like all shy, and I think that works for him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's 
I hope, I hope he's not listening to this and thinking that I'm being a dick to him, but it's not. It's like I say, Bruno. Bruno's me, a really sweet guy, though. Yeah, mm -hmm. Bruno, Bruno's, yeah, Bruno's our, as I say, he's our secret weapon. You know, we, if, if this was World War III, we'd be throwing Bruno at him when we're about to lose. Don't know where <laughs> I went with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, trying to think who else is in that. Uh... Uh, the girl from New Jersey. I mean, the, I'm seeing their faces. I can't think of their names at the moment. It's like. New Jersey. Oh, Christine Knowlton. Yes. She's in it. To be fair, the whole improv troupe are absolutely brilliant. Like, if you ever get the chance to watch us, it's funny. I, you know, I absolutely adore uh, Christine Knowlton. She's very funny. Kurt Seeblom, he has a really great comedy about, you know, his ex-wife and twin type thing. Um, you know, all the folks on that thing are really, really, really great. Yeah, um, I, will, I will just quickly promote that show. Reckless Improv Movie Night, uh, that happens every second Tuesday of each month. Uh, it's not streamed out because we, all of us in that troupe agreed that streaming the show out would not work. But you have to be in the Zoom room to witness what can only be described as pure fucking chaos. <laughs> but it's funny chaos. Well, yeah. <laughs> but but um, yeah, I'm just trying to think on how to segue further. I don't know if you have any other questions, Ashley? Because my brain is trying I, to... You know, I, I, I don't, personally. I, I personally have to jet within the next five minutes because I have to go into another Zoom. But, um, oh, yeah. I think, I think that's a good way to start. I think we should start having it off anyway because it's like 20 past 11 and I want to try and get this out. And, I'll, and I've got to send Frank all the fucking videos. of what going to get <laughs> shouted at again. No, no, no. Here's the thing. You know, Reckless Comedy is part, you know, and, and Tara, you we're telling you this too we're we, we have a show cafe con leche that is more of a visual show but what we're doing is taking comedy uh from around the world and mm -hmm. we're spotlighting the comedy in in you know in light of reckless comedy you know and us kind of like joining each other from time to time so we're making reckless company a part of our show by highlighting different comedians that we've worked with at reckless company over the last year so it's been really fun and, and you know we are my co-host on this side uh willie he's really kind of funny of his own right he makes fun of being from the bronx but join a jacket <laughs> oh yeah and when we had kim on our show frank kept calling willie's jacket that he ended up having his grandma's jacket on to do the zoom calling mm. it his dyna jacket oh gosh <laughs> so he said, oh, here we go. <laughs> he said it's his grandma's vagina jacket. <laughs> Fucking hell. Why do I feel like we're about to lose control again? <laughs> we're about to lose control. Don't forget about it. No, the thing about it was, though, Willie was so upset that we kept calling it a vagina jacket that he actually threw it away. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh no, you're talking about my vagina, my grandma's vagina. <laughs> no, he didn't throw it away. He gave it. He gave it to somebody's grandma. Oh, he gave it to someone's grandma. <laughs> okay, right. You know what? Whilst I've still got control of this fucking ship, I'm gonna try and bring it into port. Boom. Okay. 
But um, right, what we normally do in the episode. He said, dude, it cost me $3. <laughs> what the fuck? Maybe give it to my friend's grandma. He goes, you made me give it to my friend's grandma, but it cost me three dollars. <laughs> I'm trying to keep control with this fucking shit. I'm trying to keep control here. <laughs> so the China jacket costs three dollars. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Right. Let's try and bring this shit back to port. Otherwise, we're about to end up like a tiger. Oh, you should have seen his bag of goodies that he got at the. <laughs> Go ahead, Jim. I'm just. Now. <laughs> I'm very kindly, Ashley. <laughs> Frank, you are not helping. <laughs> I have to get on the freaking Zoom with Gavner. Yes. He brought a secret surprise bag that was this random shit that was like a $10 bag from the thrift store. And there was like some random bra in it. So, and panties. So when it was socks. So when his girlfriend got here, she's like, who is this bra? And who does it belong to? I want to see who the bitch belongs to. <laughs> It's official. I've lost control of it. We're all going to sink. We are all going to sink. We're all going to sink. We're all going to die. Let's get this shit done, man. Right. Okay, I'm going to try and wrap this up so you can fuck off do your Zoom meeting. Okay? I'm doing this for you, for fuck's sake. I think... Okay, here we go. Okay. <laughs> I'm a professional. Oh, right like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, what the fuck did I sign up for? Okay. No. Okay. Right. Ashley, with the deepest respect, shut up. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Right. Uh, what what we tend to normally do is we we let our guests, you know, promote all their social medias if they have them, or promote any shows they have. They can they can go on for as long as they want. So. Um, yeah, promote yourself. Awesome. Yay, promoting me. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Terra Christian Comedy. My company's Facebook page, Living Room Comedy. Go give that a like and a follow. You can find all of our scheduling and sign-up links there. And coming up, huge, huge project, Saturday, September 6th, 1 p.m. Pacific. I have partnered with The Grind with Dan Mills, and we are putting on a show called Take My Advice, which is a live Q&A for women in comedy. And we have Jackie Cashian, we've got Liz Miley, we've got Chloe Radcliffe, Nancy Norton, and Ashley Hairston. These are all nationally touring headliners, voice, film, and TV actresses. We got a writer for The Tonight Show, we got people from the BBC, Comedy Central, and the only woman to ever win the Boston Comedy Festival. So it's like, these are some big women in this industry, and they're going to be answering the questions that we have curated from other women in the community. And it's going to be a free event. Space is limited. You can register for your spot at bit.ly slash takemyadviceqa. And once again, that's a free event brought to you by Living Room Comedy and The Grind. And if I list off all of my other projects, we'll be here all day. So that's the big one. Woo! Okay. Um, I'm now going to pass over to um crazy, random uh, woman. Ashley, what's your social media? It is Ashley R. North. We have our show um, that it's uh, Cafe Con Leche. 
TV one. And, you know, and you can find us here also at Re Reckless Comedy. Yay. Now I have to promote myself. So um, if you want to follow my personal social medias, you can find uh, my personal social medias, Instagram at Kim Nash Standup. I tend to release a lot of my sets. Um, a lot of the time, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, depending on how I feel. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter, where I'm mostly moaning about everyone not wearing a fucking mask, um, at Kim Nash Comedy 01. Um, and you can obviously follow Reckless Comedy on Instagram at comedy underscore reckless. Don't ask us why it's that. It's because apparently Reckless Comedy was already fucking taken. Um, uh, Twitter, you can find us at reckless underscore comedy. Uh, we've not been active on there recently, but we're, we're, we're getting back there. We're getting back there. Um, and then obviously Facebook, you can find us on Facebook at Reckless Comedy Podcast. A lot of our live shows are streamed out to there. So you get to see... Um, all the technical difficulties that always fucking happens. Uh, what, what else was? You can, oh, Twitch. You can find us on Twitch at Reckless underscore comedy, I think it is. Uh, once again, our live shows go out today. You can join in the chat. YouTube as well. YouTube at Reckless Comedy Podcast. You can watch all our best bits. You can re-watch the show back. And you can even watch the improv sex scene. Yeah, I'm just going to leave that hanging. <laughs> you have to watch the sex scene. Or don't. I'm not your parents. Like. But um, yeah, if I don't think there's anything else to say. Um, thank you once again, Tara, for coming on the show. I am so sorry you had to witness the last the 10 minutes in the middle. <laughs> I've <laughs> seen worse. Blame my co-host and she can go blame Frank. <laughs> and if Frank will just blame the puppy. <laughs> and yep, and yep. Frank will blame the dog because the dogs get blamed for everything. Yes. Um, but yeah, this has been season two, episode three. Uh, the next episode, which it's already been pre-recorded, is with Kurt Seedron, uh, and that is coming out a few days after this episode. So um, if you want to hear me and Kurt talk about um, sex robots, then um, stick around because um, that's going to be an interesting episode. But on that note, uh, I've been Kim Nash. I've been the host. My co-host has been... Ashley North, guys. I, it's always great I to see you. She it. gets that right. She gets that right. Normally, she's like, she, don't fucking... This isn't childish. <laughs> but yeah, um, and our guest has been... Tara Christian Weedner. Woo! Yay. Uh, this has been Reckless Comedy. We will see you um, in the next one. Unreflected in your eyes Is all my love and all my lies Is all my promise and my pride Is all my fear and all my fight Is all my dread and my denial So though we cannot be together I know that I will carry you wherever I go. I will carry you. Lord knows I will carry you. I will carry
I will carry you.